Thank you, lady. The book, book of Luke tonight, lady, ladies, I guess there's more than one lady singing. Uh, book of Luke tonight, Luke chapter number 23, and I'm going to go in a little bit di- different direction this morning than I thought uh, uh, this evening. Well, I'm having a hard time tonight, aren't I? I'm going to go in a little bit different direction tonight than I originally thought I would, uh, but uh, we're still going to stick with the uh, subject of heaven. Uh, Just look at it from a different angle than I thought I would originally. Uh, Luke chapter number 23, Uh, we're going to look at a familiar passage, we're going to look uh, in, once again, into the crucifixion of our Savior, uh, but then we're going to find some insight there into that place uh, called heaven. And uh, certainly, I hope that this whole campaign, because he lives, reminds us that we serve a risen Savior. Uh, we, don't have a, we don't serve a dead God. Uh, he is alive, and uh, we should, it should reflect in our, in our walk. It should reflect in our service. Uh, that's why I decided a long time ago, I'm, tired of, I'm not going to beg Christians to serve God. Uh, he, he's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and we shouldn't need to be, as if somebody beg us to serve God. We should serve Him because He's a risen Savior. Uh, we ought to be bold in our faith because He's alive. Uh, we ought to be bold in our witness because He's alive. And uh, we should keep focus on that, but certainly uh, looking forward uh, to the time in the, in the future where we will be with our Savior. Luke 23, beginning with verse number 39. And our text is going to take us to the conversation between uh, Jesus as he is on the cross uh, with one of the criminals, one of the malefactors uh, that was hung with him. Beginning with verse number 39, and one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself in us. Uh, and by the way, uh, he doesn't have to prove who he is. Uh, and there's too many in this world today, well, we need to prove. God needs to know. God don't have to prove anything. He is who he is, and it doesn't need to be. He doesn't have to prove it. But it's what, what he wanted in verse 39, but verse 40. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly. For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. I want us to look at that last phrase of verse 43. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. As we have been reminded even uh, not too long ago as we spent many weeks on Sunday morning looking at the crucifixion, looking at all the characters that were there, uh, we understand the importance of this conversation between our Lord and this criminal. But I want us to look at this uh, this evening uh, a little bit differently. And I'm going to bring a message tonight I've entitled An Insight into Heaven. An Insight into Heaven. That little phrase... Today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. What a little study tonight is going to help us get a glimpse and insight into what heaven is going to be and what heaven is. Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight as we look at your word. I pray that you give me clarity of mind, give me uh, wisdom and power tonight. Father, may we be reminded of what we have to look forward to. May we be reminded of that place called heaven. And may we once again be reminded that it is all because of our Savior uh, who bore our sins paid our sin debt, and rose victorious from the grave. May we continue to celebrate his resurrection. And because he lives, may we look forward to that place called heaven. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
here we have this encounter as Jesus has been nailed to a cross and he has been crucified in between these two criminals. We know the one, on the one hand, he railed on him, he mocked him, ridiculed him, challenging him to save himself and prove that he was God. I'll take your mind back, if you, if you think back with me, when we have spent a little bit of time of this on, 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 in other services, uh, he was just saying what the religious people had said. I remind you that those chief priests and the other religious had challenged him, come down and prove that you are. He was just saying uh, what he heard the religious people say. But there's the criminal, the malefactor on the other side, rebukes him, acknowledges that Jesus is Lord, acknowledges that he was sinless. He acknowledges that he was there being crucified and he did not deserve to be there. He acknowledges his own sin condition. And we deserve the crucifixion. We deserve what we have and what we're experiencing. And then Jesus, and he makes a bold request unto the Lord. And it's just as bold as you and I made when we call on the name of the Lord. He said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And that wonderful response by our Savior today, shalt thou be with me in paradise. To begin, I want you to give attention to the word paradise. It is a word that is not used often in the scripture. But certainly, Christ is referring to the place called heaven. Paradise is a word that has uh, its origin. Uh, it's a Persian word. It means, in its simplest terms, a garden, uh, particularly a garden for pleasure. It was often referred to as perhaps a garden attached to a mansion or a, or, or a, or a palace uh, of a prince. Uh, it was a place that was created for man to have leisure, for man to have pleasure, for man to escape from the pressures of the world and it was referred to as paradise. You think of some of the places on this earth that refer to them as a paradise. And those tropical places, why? It is a place that is unlike any other. That is the origin of the word, but it became a reference to the afterlife. The Romans, they had their version of heaven, if you will, and they believed that there was an after. They referred to it as their paradise. The Greeks and their religion and and the things that they believe, they would refer to their own version of paradise. Jesus is referencing heaven. Now picture this with me, if you will. Jesus is hanging on that cruel cross, and these criminals are hanging on, on, on either side of him. And as we are reminded in that series of standing near the cross as we were in, there's so much more going on in that scene than sometimes we take notice of, and we're just reading through the Scripture. And they were there, of course, to remind you to see Jesus. They were there to hear what he might say. There was a crowd that was there that put Jesus on that cross. They were that crowd that, that shouted, crucify him, crucify him. There was his followers, as we know, those that loved the Lord and were there with broken hearts. And everyone was paying attention. And just in general, the crucifixion drew a crowd. We read this scripture sometimes, if I can describe it this way, in a vacuum. It's as if one man is just speaking to the Lord, and the Lord is speaking to one man, and it's just the two of them, and 
nobody else can hear and nobody else is there, but that's certainly not the case. The fact that this man rebukes the other criminal who's being crucified on the other side of Christ, he would have had to have exerted himself so that his voice would be heard. Jesus responds to him, and I can just picture as these were hearing the Lord, and you say, well, how could they hear? I remind you, when Jesus uttered those words that it is finished, they heard that he was speaking, and they supposed that he was calling for this one or that one, and, and so he could, uh, his voice, as, as he was heard, he said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give us some things tonight to give us an insight into heaven, but this is, this is interesting and important to me. Uh, everybody there, the Roman, he was being crucified under Roman order. The Roman guards were there. The Romans referred to their own paradise. Jesus is declaring, today thou shalt be with me, the Son of God, the Savior in paradise. Even in his conversation with this criminal, he is reminding all there that he was the Son of God. He is the Son of God. That paradise, it depends on him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He tells him today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. And I'm going to give us just four practical things this evening. And I'll try not to keep you too long. And I don't want to let you out early as I did this morning because you'll start getting spoiled on me. And uh, we don't want that. Let me say number one. As we consider today, thou shalt be with me in paradise, Jesus makes a commitment to this man. And aren't you thankful that Jesus has made that commitment to you and I? Don't write that down. That's not number one. I'll give you number one in a minute. I'll get there in a minute. But we see, he says, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. This man believed in who Jesus was. This man acknowledged his sin condition. Jesus made a commitment to him. Thanks be to God right there that when we acknowledge that we're a sinner, we acknowledge that we deserve condemnation, we put our faith and trust in Christ, he makes a commitment to us. Friend, you can't lose your salvation because Christ is committed. Because the commitment is based on his record and he makes a commitment to him. That's very important. In these words, he says so much. We have the privilege of having the word of God to give an understanding of what this means. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. But let me say number one, our soul exists separate from the body in heaven. Jesus, he says, today... Thou shalt be with me in paradise. This is important. Because when we say goodbye to a loved one, we say goodbye to the body. And you and I need to be reminded that when Jesus was telling this criminal, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise, that Jesus was going to give up the ghost. This man's life would be taken from him. And the body would be on the cross. The body would be placed in a grave. But Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Uh, We are reminded that the body is left behind, but our soul is with the Lord. I remind you that in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, if you want to turn there, you can. If not, I'll begin reading as soon as uh, I get there in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. We've looked at this passage uh, several times in the last uh, few weeks. Uh, We read in verse number 6, 
Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Friend of Jesus, Terry's is coming. And that trumpet does not sound in the course of our natural life. The day is going to come when we are going to take our last breath on this side of eternity. And we're leaving this old body behind, but we are going to be in the presence of the Lord. That's where we get the comfort from. When we tell our loved one goodbye, we say, we'll see you again because that soul is separate from the body. And you and I need to be reminded that our eternity is with the Lord. Well, my body's breaking down as I get older. It's going to happen. We live in a sin-cursed world. But when we leave this life, we're going to be with our Lord. Jesus made it very clear, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. The body was left behind. The soul was with the Lord. So our soul in heaven exists separate from uh, the body. Uh, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you know somebody that's in heaven tonight? Somebody who has already left this life and in heaven. They're real. They're alive. They are with the Lord. They left their body behind. And in heaven, they exist. Their soul is with the Lord. He said, this man knew that his days were not only numbered, his hours were numbered. His minutes were numbered. He was facing death. He knew it was coming. The Lord said, the Lord didn't tell him I'm going to get you off this cross. As the other criminal said, get me down out of my predicament. Change this and prove your God. No, the Lord said today, you'll be with me. Will you take that last breath? You're gonna, you, you, the, the, the existence continues. Our soul is separated from the body. And let this comfort all of us tonight. As we know, we, we've said goodbye. Hey, they, they, where are they? They're with the Lord. That's who they're with. I say number two tonight as we get an insight into heaven from this statement. Today shall thou be with me in paradise. Number two, there's an immediate comfort after death. There's an immediate comfort after death. Try and understand best we can. This corruptible puts on incorruptible in a moment. Imperfection becomes perfection in a moment. I have been in the presence. If you'll permit me, I, I remember when our daughter Amanda took her last breath. I, she had suffered, and in a moment, she got a perfect body. In a moment, she had no more pain. I have been in the presence of saints that are up in years, and they take that last breath and slip into eternity. They're not out somewhere floating around. They're not in purgatory waiting for somebody to pray them out. They are immediately with the Lord, and there is an immediate comfort. Are you burdened tonight? Do you feel burdened? Do you feel uh, sorrows? Do you have heartache? The moment we leave this life, the moment we slip into eternity, there is a perf- there's a perfection. There is an immediate comfort. He says, today. The hours were drawing to a close of the life of this individual. Today thou shalt be with me. 
It's the beginning of immortality. Eternity. And we could have an interesting conversation if I open up the floor tonight and say, somebody define for me forever. How long is forever? Somebody describe eternity. Well, it's forever. Okay, well, what is, well how long is forever? Well, you know, Pastor, it's, it's forever. There's no end. It's hard for you and I, maybe, maybe not you, but certainly it's hard for me to think and wrap my, my, bra, my brain around this because everything we know, there is an end. E- everything we, we understand, there is an end. But when we leave this life and go into eternity with our Lord, there is no end. Sometimes we may, we may, we may be on a, a trip that, that we've, we've been uh, planning and, and, and enjoying. Sometimes we're in a moment that is just something that uh, is one of those mountaintop experiences in life. And we might say, well, I wish this would never end. I wish we could have a little more time. I wish, I, I wish that this could continue on forever. I wish that I didn't have to face... Friend, that is coming when we, it's, it's an immediate comfort after death. Well, you think of the fact that they, they are received among the redeemed. I don't know exactly how it happens. I just know it happens. But we slip from this life into eternity. We're received by those who've already gone before us. This man was a criminal his whole life. He had been arrested. He had been rightfully convicted because he admitted that he was guilty. He is paying for the life that he lived. But because he put his faith and trust in Christ, when he draws his last breath, he goes into eternity with the Lord. I don't know, this is just an interesting picture to me, and this is an encouraging picture to me that This man who's a criminal his whole life, who put his faith and trust in Christ, when he took his last breath, he was received by all those who were redeemed. You mean there's criminals in heaven? Aren't you thankful for that? We're not criminals when we get there because we have the record of Christ. But he's received among the redeemed. You know how excited it is when you see somebody you had not seen in a long time? Well, let me say somebody you like that you haven't seen in a long time. And oh, you, you can't wait to see them and you can't, and you can't wait to, 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 to be around them. And I know we have grandparents here tonight here to see your grandkids, not your kids. I understand that. Sorry, Daniel, that ship sailed a long time ago. But oh, they see the, see the grandkids, and oh, haven't seen them in so long, and I want to see them, and people we love, we haven't seen them. Think about this, when that child of God leaves this life, they are welcomed into the fellowship of all of those who've already gone on before us. Think about those that you know that are in heaven. If the trumpet sounds... The Bible tells us that we're going to join them in the clouds. If the trumpet does not sound, when our natural life comes to an end, we are going to be received into heaven 
Yes, by our Lord. We're going to be welcomed by those who are already there. I've got family in heaven. They're going to receive me. I don't know how I'm going to act. I don't know how I'm going to get around. Oh, we'll know how to get around. They're going to receive us into heaven. You think about those we read about in this book. They're there. They'll receive us into heaven. What a thought. What a thought. There's an immediate comfort after death. Friend, that's why we need to be reminded this life is, is, is but a moment. The Bible reminds us it's a vapor. We got to live and serve our, our God as, as best that we can in this life. But friend, the eternity, we can't fully comprehend with our mind how wonderful eternity is. And it begins in that moment, the immediate comfort after death. Number three, as we consider those words again, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. I'm, I'm reminded as I think about heaven, I can't think about heaven without thinking about the reality. Number three, it's a different abiding place from the wicked. We don't win a lottery to get into heaven. Everybody, we say this because it makes us feel better. We say this because it keeps us from having to face the reality. Well, every, every, everybody gets into heaven. And all those who are tragically killed, well, they were welcomed into heaven, not if they weren't saved. Not if they had never put their faith and trust in Christ. We, and I'll not spend a lot of time here because we've, we've done it in the past, but there's certainly a contrast between the two criminals. Jesus doesn't speak that we know of to the one who railed on him. He was not nailed to that cross, and he did not say these words to everybody, although he died for everyone there. He did not make the commitment to everyone that he made to that criminal. The Bible, I believe, is very clear in letting us know that one was with him in paradise, the other was not included in paradise, but yet went to hell and paid for his own sins. I enjoy being reminded, as we were this morning, of the wonderful beauty of heaven, the wonderful things of heaven. I, am, I enjoy being reminded of those that have gone on before. So I enjoy being reminded of all of that. But friend, you and I need to be reminded that if it had nothing else that's different than the place where we deserve to go, Heaven, not everybody is going to be there. It is there for those who have put their faith and trust in Christ. This conversation took place with the one, not the other. We're reminded in Luke 16, the story of Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man went to hell and Lazarus did not. There were two places and the rich man was, 
was begging Abraham for some relief, and it was obvious that the two were in two completely different places with a great gulf fixed where one could not get to the other and the other could not get to the one. You and I, why do I bring this out? Because this individual, though he deserved to pay for his own sins, like you and I deserve to pay for our own sins, he went to that place called paradise, the place called heaven, as opposed to where the other went who did not call on Jesus. It's a reminder to us that heaven is a place we don't deserve. Heaven is a place that we cannot earn. And we deserve to pay for our sins, but aren't you thankful that Christ did pay for the sins of mankind? He did conquer death and hell. And there is that place called heaven. It also reminds us that we need to be concerned about those who don't know the Lord. But it's a different abiding place from the wicked. Boy, I'm thankful in this case that when I take my last breath, I'm going to get what I don't deserve. Sometimes we're treated poorly. We say, I don't deserve that. Sometimes we're treated poorly. We might be honest and say, yeah, yeah, I deserve that. But everybody who goes to heaven, nobody is there that deserves to be there. It's a reminder it's a different abiding place from the wicked. And then number four, and finally, notice that phrase again. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Fourth thing I point out to us, the inside in heaven, we shall be with Jesus. You know, heaven is going to be a, is a beautiful place. Its beauty is going to be beyond what we can imagine. But you know what makes it paradise? Because we're going to be with Him. The Lord has blessed me and enabled, me, enabled for me to be to some beautiful places in this world. From man's perspective, we call them paradise, but they're not paradise as the Bible speaks of paradise because Jesus is not there. What makes paradise paradise is we shall be with Jesus. I think it's pretty awesome to think about having my own mansion. I think it's pretty neat to think about the streets of gold. Every time I hit a pothole... I do. I, don't, I, I guess I'm just different. Every time I hit a pothole, now you're going to now, it's like, well, there won't be no potholes in heaven. The streets will be made of gold. I, I, I like thinking about that. I like thinking about the wonderful things of heaven and picturing it and what is it really going to be like and all of that. But, friend, I think that's, I don't think we're going to pay much attention to that because it's about who we are going to be with in heaven, I'm excited to see my loved ones. I'm excited to see those. And that is going to be part of the joy of heaven. That's going to be part of, part of the reality of heaven is, is being with those who we know and love and we know knew the Lord and those throughout all of time who put their faith and trust in Christ. This very individual, we don't even know his name. We know nothing about him, but he was being crucified for his crimes. We're going to meet him in heaven. We're going to see him in heaven. I think it's going to be pretty neat to see the Apostle Paul. I think it's going to be an amazing thing to see some of these characters that we read about, and even in history, great Christians, those martyrs of the faith, the unnamed we read in Hebrews chapter 11, they're in heaven. 
But friend, let me tell you, the greatest thing about heaven is that Jesus Christ is there. Our Savior is there. The spotless lamb is there. And Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Notice, he didn't take the time to tell him about the streets of gold. He didn't take the time to tell him about all the things that are going to be in heaven. All he had to say is today you're going to be with me in paradise. And friend, if the Lord is going to be there and he is, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. Boy, what an insight into heaven is we shall be with Jesus. Friend, this world does not compare to what heaven has to offer. This world does not compare to what Satan in this world throws at the child of God. We shall be with Jesus. Boy, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. We don't like saying goodbye to our loved ones. They leave that body behind. So they've died. They have gone on. Well, where have they gone on to? They know the Lord, that soul is separate from that body. And they're with him in paradise. We're reminded from Scripture that those that, are, that have gone on before, those that knew the Lord, those that are in heaven, if they had the ability to come back, they would not. That's why they wait for us to come to them. And there is an immediate comfort after death. You know there's no burdens in heaven. I was going to preach on uh, Revelation chapter number 24 and how God shall wipe away all the tears and all the things that will not be there. There'll be no sorrow. There'll be no death. There'll be none of those things that burden us down. There's no burdens in heaven. There's an immediate relief. There's immediate comfort. It's a wonderful place because if it had nothing else, it's just not hell. And the fact that we deserve hell. We deserve that horrible place to pay for our sins. But because of what Christ did in our belief and faith in Him, we'll be with Him in paradise. And as we've already mentioned, the greatest thing about heaven is He says, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. I mentioned this morning, either in Sunday school or the morning service, what it, what a fascinating thing it would be to have been able to see Jesus with our own eyes. To see him do perform the miracles. To hear his teaching. This may sound odd to you. I've always wondered, what does his voice sound like? I think if we heard it, we'd know it. What, what, what does his voice sound like? Way to think that we're going to be with our Savior. And when you think of all of that, and you think of context of our, our, our scripture tonight, here's a criminal. We know in scripture tells us that Jesus was not even recognized as a man. Let me remind you very quickly the condition his body was in. It was broken from the sense that he had been beaten. The cat of nine tails. His blood that was shed. The crown of thorns. You would not even recognize that he was a man. That 
is the condition that Jesus was in and during that suffering as this man looks to him and says, I know, I know this man is not worthy. It does not deserve to be here. And yet, while Christ was enduring all of those sufferings, the greatest comfort that he could give to this criminal is today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Boy, the greatest thing about heaven and insight in heaven, don't forget that we're going to be with him. This world can curse him, this world can deny him, but you and I as a child of God are going to spend eternity with him. Boy, it's something that we can't comprehend. I've often tried to imagine it in my mind, and I'm sure it's nothing like I imagine, but when we take our last breath, who receives us? The great host of the redeemed receives us. There's instant comfort. There, there's there, there's that, that, that instant moment in, uh, of leaving this life into the next and then being with our Lord. May you and I stay faithful until he calls us home. May we stay faithful. I, 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 it, it, it escapes me. There's no logic in while a child of God who's saved by the grace of God because of what Jesus did, who would not want to serve him until he calls us home. Why would we run for him when would the greatest thing about heaven is to be with him. Why will we not use our days to serve him and to be as close to him as we possibly can? If the greatest thing about heaven is to be with him. Friend, I, I trust that you and I stay faithful until that time comes. But let's be reminded, heaven's a real place. It's a real place. Say, uh, why, why, why would we do all that we do for the cause of Christ in this world? Why do we not live for ourselves? Because heaven's a real place. Because my Savior is there. We sang that hymn, and I think it's my favorite hymn. Every, think, every time I think we, there's another one. Well, that might be my favorite. We sing this one, and it's like, well, that's probably my, my favorite. And what a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see. We're going to see him. The same promise that he gave this criminal. I'm just, I'm just talking now. These are random thoughts that go through my head. Maybe it helps you, maybe it doesn't. How good do you think, how good did you think he, how good do you think he died? The suffering and the fear that he went to that cross knowing that he was a criminal. Can you imagine the comfort that man received as he's nailed to that cross knowing he's guilty, enduring that suffering? And Jesus, remember what it was like when you got saved? Remember the burden that rolled off of your shoulders? Remember the peace that you got in that instant? As the man is there as a spectacle for his crimes, when Jesus says, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise, can you imagine the burden that must have rolled away as he entered he left behind this old world. Friend, don't feel sorry for those, the redeemed who go on before us. Because they're in heaven waiting for us. Today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. What an insight into that place called heaven. Father, may we keep our eyes on you.